Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Light of Life podcast. I'm your host, Naomi, and today I'm here with Amy. Amy, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, Naomi. I'm from New York, and I'm an herbalist, an energy medicine educator, and a trauma-informed breathwork trainer. Thank you, Amy. And, um, yes, so, um, you, um, you, you, you have, um, you have experience working in the medical field, and you're also a motivational speaker, helping people with their journeys through physical and mental health. Um, and um, you had your own journey uh, with your health, and uh, what was your experience? Yes, like you said, I was working in the medical field. I was working with chronic pain patients. They were geriatrics, so they were like you know, 60s and 70s, and I was 26, 27, I began to resemble my patients. And it was a really scary time because I had been advocating for them because the doctors weren't listening to them because a lot of times people in that age bracket are kind of invisible to doctors. And so when I began to resemble them, I didn't know what was going on. And I always had issues growing up as a kid. I always had stomach aches and headaches. I could sense things that I couldn't see, right? I could feel if somebody felt gross to me. I could feel if someone was angry. I could feel things that I didn't understand. And when I would try to talk about it, you know, it wasn't really, it didn't go over well. And so I was labeled different. I was labeled weird. And that's not something that we want to be in our society. You know, being different is a bad thing in our society. But actually, it's something to be revered. And I didn't understand that as a kid. I just felt like, oh, I don't want to be the weird one. I want to fit in. I want to be liked. And so I stopped telling my parents what I was sensing, what I was feeling. And the doctors, when my parents would take me, they didn't believe me, right? So my labs were normal, quote unquote normal. But what I now know, you know, as a 40 year old woman, is that lab work is behind what the body actually is showing. So the body will give messages before the labs will even pick them up. And so it's really important to understand that, that to trust that the body's messages that it's sending you are actually real. There's a reason that it's sending you that. And there is something that you need to pay attention to. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, and yes, you made a really good point just now. Um, it's always really important to listen to your body and um, to uh, understand the senses of your, your health. Um, and um, so um, did this experience, um, did this experience, um, inspire you to go into the medical field? I was already working in the medical field prior to this. So I was a medical researcher and I was working with chronic pain patients. So it didn't inspire me to be honest with you. I would never go back to Western medicine after what, how it failed me and how I've seen how many other people it's failed. It's a system that's broken. It's a system I cannot get behind. It's one thing for emergency medicine. You know, if my husband cuts his arm off, I'm going to let him go to the ER. But for the most part, it fails anybody who has chronic disease, chronic illness, because there is no addressing the root cause. They're not looking at the whole body for healing. They don't respect that the body is designed to heal. So to be honest with you, I would never go back to Western medicine. I, I literally could not do it. I would not be able to survive in that, in that environment again, because it's just so anti of what I believe now. And so I believe there's a time and place for it, but it's not something I advocate for. There's a lot of different things that you can do, right? But you go to a Western doctor and the only solutions they have for you are surgery and medication. They're not going to tell you anything else. They're not going to, you know, 
invites you to examine all the toxins you're exposed to. They're not going to ask you to examine what you're eating because what majority of people eat in the society is not real food. It's garbage. It's something that comes in a box or a bag or a can. It's filled with chemicals and toxins and it has no nutrient density to it. So it may fill you up, but it's actually not nutrient dense. It's actually not doing anything for your body and your body doesn't recognize it as food. And if you're eating factory farmed meat and chicken and poultry and eggs, again, you're eating massive amounts of chemicals, massive amounts of toxins, and you're actually doing more damage to your body than it's worth. So I don't advocate for any one diet for anybody. Again, we're all unique. We all have unique needs and experiences, but I do advocate for being aware of where your food comes from, right? So like I've always had a garden. I grew up with a garden as a child. I started a garden as an adult. It was something we do every year, but I also grow my own medicinal plants. And the thing that was interesting to me is when I made my way to plant medicine about three years into this journey as an adult is I realized that every plant that grows has medicinal properties. And that was fascinating to me. And all of these plants that were growing that I didn't even plant, most of them weeds were actually far more potent in medicinal property than anything I could grow or buy at the store. And so we spray Roundup and toxins and chemicals because we want green lawns. You can't eat the glass and you certainly can't eat it if it has chemicals sprayed on it, right? But we have no problem with spraying Roundup on dandelions. But if you don't have dandelions, you don't have bees. And if you don't have bees, you don't have food. So people don't really understand how it's a whole cycle. It's a whole system that is that affects each other right like it's a symbiotic system so the mycelium that runs under the ground the mushrooms you know they talk to the roots of the trees and other plants are all in harmony with each other to grow these ecosystems but we're so consumed with abusing mother and earth and not appreciating what she has that we're so disconnected from her and it creates this imbalance within us which leads to disease and chronic illness Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. You just made um, a lot of really interesting points. Um, and um, it, it's really opened my eyes to um, uh, it's really opened my eyes to um, how, uh, how how the earth is today. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really glad you brought up the the the, the bees because without with definitely without bees, like, you know, the plants, all, all the plants and the trees. Uh, uh, trees create oxygen I've heard okay. and um and so without those then yeah there, there would be no oxygen in the atmosphere right we couldn't survive that's the thing people don't realize is that mother nature mm-hmm. has survived without us she will continue to survive without us right we think we're going to beat her into submission but she is resilient and so in my own practice what I implemented was looking at mother nature to see the resiliency that she has, to understand how she doesn't react, she responds and she adjusts accordingly, right? So there's never like this overthinking of things. There's never this planning. It just kind of happens in the way that it's meant to be. She flows, she doesn't force, right? She just allows it to happen. And so when we as humans can connect back to something that's bigger than us, something like mother earth, mother nature, right? We can begin to live cyclically so following the seasons and eating based upon the seasons right that goes back to ayurveda which is 5000 year old system right and indigenous medicine 
thousand years. You know, these all these systems, traditional Chinese medicine, five thousand years. They've been around for five thousand years. Modern day medicine is two hundred and fifty years old. Great, it does a lot of things, right? Like if you're again in an emergency situation, modern day medicine is great for you, but it it misses the a lot, and it and it fails. We have a sick system. We don't, you know, we have a sick care system. It's a sick society. We don't have a healthy society. The medicine system we have is based upon you being sick and going to the doctor and keeping the doctor in business and keeping big pharma in business, right? But if you can take some power back and empower yourself on how to eat real food, how you know what plants can work with your body rather than working against it, right? Being mindful and aware of how you commune with mother nature. So like get outside every day, take a few deep breaths, right? You could feel the difference. Another thing we don't do in our society is we don't, we don't breathe properly. So on every inhale, the belly should rise. And on every exhale, the belly should contract. That's the diaphragm moving. But on our society, we don't do that. We breathe very shallow because we don't wanna feel our feelings and we don't feel, wanna feel our sensations. And we've been taught that because you can't see it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, right? So we can't see our feelings, we can't see our sensations or emotions, so it's not real, it's not valid, it's not logical. But that's actually not true because there's a lot of things that you can't see that do exist. And that brings me to energy medicine in that just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. So everything in the world is energy. You and I are energy, the computers were on, the desks we're sitting at, right? The walls around me, like everything in the world is energy. So you can't change or destroy it. I'm sorry, you can't create it or destroy it, but you can change it. So when I learned about energy medicine, I really didn't understand what that meant because I was coming to it from this logical standpoint of I can't see it, it's not real. But I could understand that certain things that I did, right? So if I started doing EFT tapping, if I started doing Qigong or Tai Chi or, or yoga or energy medicine techniques, Donna Eden, I could feel a difference in my body because I was working with my body and I was beginning to understand that my body was trying to help me rather than make my life difficult, right? So we think like the body's broken, it's giving us these messages that there's something wrong and we just need to take this pill and it will all be better. But really all that does is it just it just mutes the symptoms, right? It's like putting putting your computer, you know, with no noise. But the symptoms will get louder because you're actually cause you're like throwing fuel on the fire, right? So you're just throwing gasoline onto a fire. And that's exactly what happened to me. Like I had messages my whole life, but I didn't understand them. The doctors didn't understand them. And I didn't I didn't know to trust my body. I didn't know that my body was designed to heal. I didn't know that my body's working to bring me back into balance every day. I didn't understand that all the things I was putting in and on my body were bad for it because we're not taught any of those things. You know, like what, what makes money is what you're taught, right? So if you turn on, like, I don't watch TV because it makes me angry because literally every commercial is for a vaccine or a medication. It's not telling people to eat better. It's telling them, go tell your doctor about this medication or this vaccine. That's ridiculous. Like your body is designed to deal with these things if you work with it. So we, you know, the mind is simply part of the body, but we let it control every aspect of our life. And so when we can begin to get back into the body, because most of us are numb from the neck down. So we're like, we just live you know, from the head up, we don't understand anything else, how it works. We don't want to know about it. 
we want to just sit we just want to live in our brains but that's exhausting and it's overwhelming because the brain was not designed to be on 24 7. it wasn't designed to be in front of a screen for 14 16 18 hours a day you know people the way that they relax is they binge watch tv and they you know they go on social media like that's not relaxing to the system it's actually causing more damage to the system and so people don't understand when they're walking around they're so overwhelmed they're so stressed they feel so anxious they feel really angry and frustrated they don't understand because they're not taught to feel these emotions but all emotions are is energy in motion it's just trying to be processed and the body is designed to process it but we don't give it the opportunity to do it because we, we numb out, we don't feel our feelings, we don't feel our sensations, right? Because it's painful, we don't wanna do it. But actually, if you take the time to do it, it actually only lasts 90 seconds and then it passes because the body processes it. So the best example is to watch an animal go through a stressful event. So if my dog gets into a, a fight with a critter in the backyard, and she gets away, you'll watch her process it out. She'll roll, she may bark, she might, you know, stretch, yawn. She'll her body will automatically do those things. She does not interrupt the process with her brain. She just continues to let the body do what it needs to do. But as humans, we don't do that. So then the energy gets stuck in the body. It causes blockages, which lead to disease and illness. And so we think we're helping ourselves by not feeling our feelings or not feeling our sensations, but in actuality, we're, we're actually causing more illness in the body. Wow. Yeah. You, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm inspired by, um, what, um, everything you're saying. Um, I've never, uh, realized that emotion means energy in motion. So just um, how, how our energy feels and, uh, and what our energy is in that moment and, and, and it's in motion. So that's uh, how we're feeling right at that time. I, that's, that's, that's really uh, opened my eyes uh, to uh, that's, yeah, it, yeah, that, that, that's what it is. It, it, emotions are, are, are energy in motion. <laughs> Yeah, and it's your body just trying to get you to pay attention to something, right? Mm -hmm. So rather than normally we would judge or have expectation, right? We're going to should up, should, it should look like this. It should be like this, right? We'll have guilt and shame around it. Rather, it's a reframing. So healing is an unlearning process. And so when we can reframe and be curious about what's happening, rather than assigning judgment, rather than assigning expectations to it, just be curious about what it is and allow it to be felt and moved and expressed. It moves so much faster and it doesn't create that level of stuck energy. So in the free gifts and the notes, I've included a healing journal. So it's great because it gives you three daily prompts of the message your body is sending you and it allows you to be curious about it. What did it feel like in my body, right? So it brings you back into neck connection from the neck down. Where did I feel this in my body? And there's a feeling wheel because a lot of times we don't understand how many feelings we can actually express. So there's, there's so many, right? But we always go to the, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I'm depressed, right? But there are so many other feelings that could fall under anxiety, that could fall under overwhelm, that could fall under stress. 
So when you go through and you examine the feeling wheel as to what came up, and again, rather than being having expectation or judgment around it, to be curious, what, what can my body be trying to tell me with this? Right? So there's, it's not an agenda. We don't go into it with an agenda. And especially with breath work, there is no agenda because you're letting the body do what it's designed to do. So it's not talk therapy. Like I, you know, we don't have a clipboard and I say, tell me about age five. We don't do that because we trust that the body is designed to move and clear what it knows it's ready to process. We trust that the body has its own plan that knows better than our brain, knows better than our mind. And so when we allow that to happen, you can feel the power that exists within your body just by intentionally breathing, just by trusting that the body knows what it needs to do. And so we live most of the time in our head, but the thing is, is that the thoughts that we have, again, which are energy, are majority of the time negative because we have a negative bias that's built into the brain and they're repetitive. So it's like that, that saying that they say, don't go to the bad neighborhoods. Your brain is the bad neighborhood. Your mind is the bad neighborhood because you're constantly in this loop of negative thoughts that are repetitive that keep telling you, you can't do this. This is what's going to happen. This is bad. Don't do this. Right? So that's why it's really hard to break habits. That's why it's really hard to heal because it's not an easy process. And all of these beliefs and programmings and understandings that you have are not your own. They were passed on to you before age seven. So Bruce Lipton talks about this in Biology of Belief, his book. You know, in the 70s, he was talking about this. This is not new information. And again, energy medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, they talk about this, it's 5,000 years old. Like this is not new. Modern day science is only catching up to it, but it's not talked about. And so that's why I'm doing these interviews. So people understand that there, there's no right way to do it. And so that you're kind of behind the curveball because you're, you're stuck in this pattern, this belief system that is not even yours. So, you know, society, your parents, their parents, whatever, it's all been placed upon you and it keeps you stuck in these patterns. And so we all were raised by humans who are imperfect. They are not robots. Like they are not infallible, right? So when we grow up and we're, we're, you know, under the age of seven and we express a need to that caregiver and that need is not met, a wound forms. And then the body forms a protector to keep that wound from opening up. And so we all have these protectors, you know, the, the control freak, the codependent, the people pleaser, the victim, the comic person that, you know, they're going to make a joke out of everything. They're the blamer. They're the one that's going to shame people. They're the person who's going to aggress, right? Like we all have them. We, we have predominant ones. Like, so I have an aggressive one. I also have a codependent one and I have a comic relief one. Like I'm going to, you know, put it on, I'm going to make jokes so people don't pay attention to what's really going on. And so when we begin to understand how the body is designed, we can begin to understand why it may be hard to make changes, why it may be so hard to heal. Because like I said, it's a process of unlearning. It's a process of asking and being aware of, does this still serve me? Is this actually my belief? Is this something I truly still believe to this day? Is this something that's actually benefiting my life? And many times it's not. And that takes courage then to be brave and say, this isn't working for me anymore. And to ask for help, right? 
So I say surrender is not a dirty word. It just means you're asking for help. You're asking for something bigger than you to, to help you, whatever that may be. So for me, that's Mother Gaia, right? That's Mother Earth. And so the idea of how can she help me? Well, I can watch how she controls the tide. She controls the moon. She controls the season. She controls what's growing. She controls what's surviving, right? Like she controls all of that. But it's a dance. It doesn't, she's not actually like the, the puppet master. She's actually coordinating all as a dance. It's all in community. And because we're so disconnected from her and disconnected from each other, in that we think, oh, this person is different, so they're bad, we can't respect the intelligence they have. We can't respect the experience that they have. But when we can be aware of different not being bad, it's just different, right? So like, what's the difference between the word difference and different, right? If someone makes a difference, that's a good thing. But if someone is different, we think that's bad. So why is that, right? It's just a belief system. It doesn't mean it's true. And living in a dualistic society of everything is black and white, there is no gray. We don't want to be different. We don't want to stand out from the crowd. We want to fit in because that goes back to tribal times and that it's survival, right? Like your body's designed to keep you safe. And so if something happened at age five and you formed a protector, every time a situation happens that's similar, that exact protector is going to come out because the body does not understand the difference between age five and age 40. It thinks you're right there again, right? So again, when we understand the way that the body is created, the way the body's designed and work with it rather than against it, then life doesn't seem so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you mentioned, um, and I totally agree with you. Um, the, the healing process, it is a process of unlearning. Um, uh, when 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 you're healing from like uh, negative emotions, uh, you have to unlearn how to uh, how how to not have uh, those, and, and it's and it's a long process. Right, it's not quick. It's hard, and it's mm -hmm. not quick, and you can't do it by yourself. You need to feel supported. You need to have a safe space. You, you need to be in the physical body in order to heal. So like, oh, I didn't understand a lot of that until a few years ago. Like I was still trying to do it all in my head, right? So I'm gonna rewire my brain with neuroplasticity. I'm gonna do all these things, but I wasn't, I still didn't feel safe to be in my physical body. So the body knows. So it will not, you will not fully heal. Like you may get a little bit better, but you will not fully actually heal. And the thing is, is that I never say I'm fully healed because I can't be, I'm in a physical body, mm -hmm. right? Like I will continue to be learning the entire process as long as I'm in this physical body or unlearning, whatever that may be, right? However it may look for whatever that experience that comes up. So a lot of times it feels like an onion. You're just peeling back layers. Oh, I, this again, I thought I dealt with this already. No, it's gonna come up in another way because it's just a part of being a human. It's part of being in this body in that there's no diploma for life. Like you just got to keep doing it and showing up and choosing to do the work. And that's not, it's not easy. It's not easy by any, and it's not linear, right? It's like a, it's a scribble drawing of a three-year-old did. Like that's what it looks like, right? It just has no ending, no beginning. It's all over the place. There's tons of colors and you can't make heads or tails of it. Like that's what healing is. And so, you know, I wrote an ebook of like the seven most important lessons I learned on my healing journey 
we've included that in the notes as well. And it was a lot of ideas that are not talked about in our society. And it's not, it's not anything that the doctors will tell you, right? It's things you have to figure out on your own, but it's kind of, once someone else tells you, it's not as far and like, oh, that kind of makes sense, right? So I'm all about everyone is unique and you get to choose what's best for you, right? So I could sit here and say, these are the thousand and one things I did. And I probably couldn't even remember them all because there's probably more than that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to work for you, right? So it's, it's having that trust in the body, but also that connection to something bigger than you, your intuition, your your soul's purpose, you know, God, universe, Mother Gaia, whoever you believe in, the archangels, and asking for that help, asking for that guidance. Like today we're doing this interview, it's the full moon. So before we did this interview, I, I walked my whole property. I, I released anything that was going on. I, I did medicinal smoke around the whole property with a blend that I had made up. And I do that because I eat what's on my property. Right. So I wanted to be cleansed spiritually, energetically on all realms. I grow medicine. I want that to be of the purest energy. Right. I do it inside my house because I want to have, you know, again, it's a constant cleansing ritual. But because in our society, we don't do ritual anymore. We don't understand it, but there's value in it. There's value in ritual. Right. And so when we can begin to understand that these ideas that were used for thousands of years that are still used in other traditions and cultures for a reason because they work because they connect you to mother nature they connect you to her innate intelligence that also is existing inside of you so when we can be aware of all of that and be curious about what that looks like right so Maybe that looks different for you. For me, that means getting outside, walking in the woods, going to the beach with my dog. That's what that means for me. Planting in my garden, growing seeds, practicing and communing with Mother Earth and respecting what she gives me. That may be something different. Maybe you take a walk. Maybe you go for a hike. Maybe you decide to walk your dog, right? Like whatever that may be, just getting outside and, and having not the phone on you, like not listening to a podcast, not listening to Spotify, like just being present with what's there. It's the practice of awareness. Wow. <clears throat> thank, thank, thank you, Amy, uh, for all this incredible insight. Uh, is there anything else you would like to share? I, I gave a lot of information. I know it was a lot. <laughs> I, I would just say that to to focus on how you can be more aware in the behaviors that you're choosing to do on a daily basis and to rather than shame yourself about them, to be curious, right? To have this practice of curiosity, of being open to something that could be different and, and not be bad, just something that could be different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's really good advice. Thank you so much. You're welcome.